Welcome. You are listening to the Evolution Exchange Podcast Nordics, a podcast constructed to enrich our tech community by connecting some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordics region. I am Christopher Asbridge, and I help connect businesses with talented freelancers, and I will be your host. Okay, welcome to another installment of Evolution Exchange Podcast. And today I'm joined by David, the CPO of Afrayx, and Gaurav, Director of Product Management, um, at Truecaller and Lydia CPO are bought by many. Here we are he- here to discuss um, how to create innovative culture and growth of a project, um, of a product. So before we actually get into the nitty gritty of things, um, let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Um, David, can you go first, please? Yes, sure. So uh, my name is uh, David Andreasson. I work as a Chief Product Officer as, uh, at A3X. Uh, AFREX is the uh, the product uh, company at AFRI that will um, yeah, that will serve as um, serve with uh, the products that our customers need to uh, uh, to aid them in their uh, digital transformation journey. That then we also sell consultancy services to do. Uh, the products that we're um, we're focusing on are mainly within uh, industrial AI, IoT, and uh, cybersecurity. So currently we have a portfolio of six products within two product areas. That is a smart factory and smart property management. Uh, and uh, AFREX has only existed since August this year. So that's why it's also interesting, like now we, when we're discussing um, uh, in the culture building activities, it's of course very important when you start up a, a new unit within a, uh, within a company that has a slightly different type of uh, culture as well. And uh, before I joined AFREX, I worked as head of product and technology at uh, Telia Division X there. And uh, within that context, I worked a lot with uh, product development through uh, structured innovation and and um, uh, innovation, and also with innovation culture and activities to to uh, create an innovative culture. So that's me in short. Awesome, awesome. And uh, move on to next, um, Grav. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, and uh, hi, everyone. I'm Goro here, and uh, I'm working as uh, director of product management uh, in Truecaller. And those of you who don't know about Truecaller, it's the uh, world's best uh, uh, caller ID and spam blocking app. And uh, uh, I've been working for Truecaller uh, for the last four and a half years. And when I joined, we had 50 million users, and today we do have 300 million plus monthly active users. So like uh, we are multifolded uh, in the last couple of years. So uh, it's been really exciting journey so far. And today, like uh, uh, using this opportunity, I would like to talk more about like innovation in the product, why it is really important and also growth, uh, specifically in the emerging markets and the communication space. And uh, we can also discuss about a like kind of a, like a generic uh, uh, growth strategy which is uh, really helpful for any startups uh, who are thinking to have multifold growth in uh, their markets. So I'm really excited <laughs> to talk ahead. Yeah, thank you. Awesome, awesome. And last but not least, Lydia. Thanks. Uh, Lydia, I am based out of Stockholm, but I work for a company that's predominantly based out of the UK called Bought by Many. We are also known as Many Pets. We are in the InsurTech space. Uh, We recently became a minted unicorn, which is very exciting. We offer pet health solutions, pet insurance, wellness, et cetera, live in Sweden, in the UK and the US, continuing to grow. 
which is also super exciting. I've spent uh, 25 years in the tech industry, uh, working for companies big and small. I've gone from engineering to design to research and to product. I am a one-woman squad onto myself. Not really. Can't write code. Uh, not anymore. Very happy to be here. I My topic is going to be really around how we innovate along with our business partners um, around the companies. I do feel that as tech companies, we often forget that we are here to service users and the business. And so I'm really curious to hear others' opinion of how we work as a team of teams, not just as squads or product groups, but also with our business stakeholders. Okay, fantastic. Well, now we're all a bit warmed up to each other. We know exactly who's gonna be on the panel. Now let's get down to business. We're here to discuss how to create innovative culture and growth of the product. Each of you have a fantastic experience, as you just described, and you've all came with fantastic questions as well. So to get us kick-started, we'll move to David. And now David, you, you came to me and you wanted to talk about the role of leader in creative and innovative culture. Can you just sort of describe and explain what you mean and what you like to get out of this? Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, now, when um, when I saw the the, the panel, then it was uh, I also got the uh, I did the reflection that uh, it's it's really like we we are three here like senior leaders, so we, that work within the product uh, uh, product management uh, part, and then so so uh, this question is really related to the culture creating part of your question that you said that the topic of the today. Uh, so it's so uh, it's uh, so then the question to to you guys here in the panel is uh, like what what activities are you consciously doing or like or what environment are you trying to to create in order to um, encourage innovation in your organization? So I, th I think I said something about leadership style, but I mean more like uh, what activities do you do because it's not uh, I mean it, it's not values itself that uh, creates the culture, it's the the behavior you do. So so as a leader, what what do you do within your organizations? Um, I'm happy to go first. So I think one of the things that I did basically from day one when I joined uh, Bought by Many or Many Pets was to ensure that teams come together across the boundaries so that squads can't just talk to their squad and across squads, they don't just talk to the PMs or the designers don't just talk to the designers, but that we actually come together regularly across those boundaries of function or squad. What I'm continuing to encourage to do is that now we step outside of that sort of engineering product design circle and go into the business as well as to the users. I think one of the things that is very normalized in product development across tech is that we talk to users, but I sometimes feel that we've gotten into almost a negative pattern of that. We do the same usability studies over and over and over again. We don't talk to users early enough. By the time we get to the usability study, it's like you've built the thing. They can either tell you they love it or they hate it. So also trying to encourage that culture of earlier experimentation, earlier questioning. Yeah, I can also add some lines here. So uh, for me, uh, innovative culture is very important uh, in any organization. And some of the things which we have been doing and uh, like for us, it has been quite successful. So one thing we do, uh, like brainstorming sessions within the uh, within the company, within the organization. And here, 
how they are different from others we include everyone from the day zero itself like it's not something we have decided something at management level and when they and we ask uh, our team members to just work on these things from the first day when uh, we are just scratching the ideas we'll invite uh, everyone in the company even uh, a, a fresher who just joined a day before he'll be also part of brainstorming session and there we do discuss like uh, what do you think about this idea maybe you came from uh, like africa because we do have like more than 25 nationality here in our organization so we do think uh, we do check with those guys like what do you think uh, will it fly in your country and what do you think like uh, uh, about the adaptation and uh, like uh, service of this idea we do collect uh, feedbacks and we do collect ideas in brainstorming session that is one thing apart from that second thing which we do uh, thrice in a year is a kind of like lab days uh, yeah so, and this week apparently this week is also a lab day so in the lab day everyone is free to do anything the whole one week is available to you we don't work for business unless it is very critical you just work on your idea so like say i'm a marketing guy i don't i don't work on a coding i can't and uh, display something but i do have some concept i can prototype something why don't i work on my flows and present it to the team uh, after five days like uh, whenever we do have lab session so for entire 5 days we work on some ideas all the engineers product managers they work together they work in a cross team maybe some of the guys who are in the back end they don't work directly with me but these days in the during lab days i will invite them or they may invite me we work on some certain ideas okay let's do something uh, uh maybe it does not fit with the true color but it doesn't matter let's do something and who knows and you won't believe some of our products which are really successful today are uh, like uh, outcome of our lab days uh, so uh, this thing has been quite helpful for us and earlier we used to have 3 days as a lab days but these this time we do have entire week for lab days like 5 days no stand ups no meeting nothing at all just work on your ideas if you have any ideas you can have tech sessions you can have some you can also invite some external speakers and finally on the demo day like tell what you did so there is something also worth i mean very uh, auspiciously in our team yeah. how how many are you in your organization how many developers do you have like how many are working with the lab days yeah so so everyone is working on lab days like uh, uh, so it's not just for engineers as i said in the in the beginning even though like you are a part of our operation or you are a part of a france there also like because in france also you can come up with the kind of like innovation instead of like uh, net suit let's do some other product or maybe some uh, introduce some workflow in the there so uh, as of now we are uh, 300 plus but we are growing and uh, uh, so but lab days are for everyone uh, and yeah. it gives a really flexibility to work anything even for legal guys they can also introduce uh, uh, some of the new stuff in the lab days yeah I thought that's interesting because I know that uh, a lot of companies do that uh, with the la- with the lab days or the the innovation or you take like the Friday afternoon to do innovation. We we never really got that to work, <laughs> but maybe yeah. because I've had I've, been large organizations also. I've uh, seen that in multiple organizations across the years. Yeah. Sometimes they work really well, sometimes they don't. Um, I've also seen something called cleanup days uh, and been part of cleanup days where the engineering product design teams have. Two three days set aside to do those tasks that never get done that always get shoved down, but interestingly, those have led to lots of innovations, like something that you've just been putting to the side because it's not quite broken, and then you finally look at it and you're like, oh, we can do so much better here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also really interesting stuff to do. I yeah. I like the fact that you're bringing in more than just engineering and product; that it's actually the entire company that could take place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, uh, similar things we are also doing let's fix it we have another week apart from let left us let, let's fix it so uh, the same thing which you said like some of the stuff which has been uh, which have been aging because usually we, we those things don't get priority but let's let's fix this something to just give priority to some of the stuff okay we do have some small problems in that no one cares for it because it just affect one person but in and during let's let's fix this let's prioritize those things and in fact like uh, being a user i do get this complaint from my parents they are not happy to use this feature okay let's fix this those things so we do have that, that thing as well and apart from that third thing which we do uh, like uh, during covid days we have not done it because of the like uh, restrictions but before covid we used to have um, hackathon external hackathon mm -hmm. like say women hackathon let's invite all the girls and ladies from the stockholm uh, for the android hackathon and uh, let's come up with uh, some creative ideas or this time let's invite some uh, data folks uh, uh, and uh, just uh, host uh, like a kind of lunch or high tea and just discuss on some ideas so that has been also like quite helpful to like uh, exchanging our ideas letting each know very uh, well so these are the things that are, are helping us to bring uh, innovative culture within our team one thing that's worked really well at many pets which precedes me it has nothing to do with me introducing it is this idea of councils which are much smaller groups that come together around topics that they care very deeply about we have a sustainability council we have an accessibility council and they innovate and it is completely cross-functional it can include anybody or anything and they come up not just with product ideas that are innovative but with company and business ideas that are innovative and i've always thought that was really cool and i'd never seen that really anywhere else because again it can be anyone from any place i mean we run an insurance business so we have everyone from data engineers to claims handlers and customer support agents and anyone can come into the one of those consoles but they're much smaller groups i'm just going to interject there. i don't really jump in on the podcast but i know people talk about that friday afternoons that's where you can be in a i like, take your time out do what you wish but is that the right time to do it on a Friday afternoon? Because I, I know for a fact that Friday afternoons, I'm like, ah, do I finish up? Do I go to the pub early? Like, you're already in that weekend mode, so therefore you're trying to relax. Is it maybe the day, if that is the idea of the company, maybe change the day? That's just my <laughs> input, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think that that's maybe your British uh, vision on the whole, that uh, if you go on Friday afternoon, then nobody's, <laughs> everybody's at the pub. Uh, maybe that's maybe that was why it worked, but I, I don't <laughs> it didn't work, but I know. <laughs> okay, awesome, awesome. Um, does anyone have any more inputs over David's question? Or anything like, more like to discuss around this? Well, if I, if, if I may, yeah, then when I was thinking about it, uh, I was thinking about more more basic, um, uh, like the stuff that you say that you say, Gurav, It's very tangible. It's really like it's really good stuff. Uh, and I'm thinking also as a leader, if you since since I'm now in the phase that we're actually creating the culture that we that we need to have, then it's more like uh, in order to to be able to to make this work with the with the lab day and the let fix it and the external hackathons. I think there need to be a, a culture in place that has a really like um, like a, a innovative uh, atmosphere and and also yeah to, to use yeah, to use a well-known term with the psychological psychological safety it needs to be um, everybody needs to feel um, uh, feel that it's safe to fail and to fail to uh, speak their minds and so on. 
but so I so uh, and and there what I was thinking of there as a leader you can uh, you can work with the vision as a tool if we have an innovation agenda you can um, you can articulate a clear vision based on the um, uh, on the innovation agenda and um, and then you work with the vision continuously because the the um, um, the demand of the company is unlikely to uh, to stay stable so then you can you can change the vision based on what's happening around you and adopt it to the new reality and then as as a leader then uh, uh, you you act the values to, to make sure that everybody feels that you don't say one thing and act another but they feel like what you say is this is how we um, how we work in this uh, company. Uh, that I think is is really really powerful because then if you then also make sure to empower the employees and um, uh, and make them take responsibility for their part of the execution, then they can feel safe in in uh, in driving their part within the company. Like as long as it's in line with the uh, with the vision, then they they can they can uh, drive that that part of the execution. So, so then, so I would say there, as if if I was speaking about like a tool and so on, I think uh, then I would say that the vision to work with the vision, and then the, what what you say, Gurav, I think it's really uh, good stuff. I would say that's definitely something that um, uh, that we should have implement <laughs> after everything else is in place. But first things first. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Fantastic. Now let's move on. Grav, we'll come to you next. And you brought up um, talking about growth models, um, innovation within communication. W what do you sort of mean? Can you explain a little bit further? Yeah. So actually, uh, since like uh, I'm I'm in the in the industry for the last uh, twelve plus years, and I have seen. Uh, uh, in, in fact, I've been part of uh, some of the startups which uh, near fly and because it's a, like a journey of uh, uh, all the startups. So I do have a mix of experience where I have seen a huge success and somewhere like uh, I've been a failure. So outcome of uh, uh, my journey is I'll say two things are very important. First one is the product. Second is the growth. Because even though if you have a very uh, rock solid product, but if you don't have growth, then after some time, again, uh, you will start seeing some shrinkage and or like uh, some dropage um, in your journey. So uh, now when it comes to product, firstly, like since like we are talking about innovative culture and uh, ultimately ultimate solution is to just get that innovation into the product. So product has to be really innovative. Today, I do have a very successful product. Obviously, it's quite running uh, uh, high in the market. But if I just put that product on a standby mode, Maybe it will run successfully for a couple of months, maybe four years. Then after some time, like it will go down because why? So that that means like innovation is something which will be helping here. Research is something, putting some new ideas, transformation from your society, and turning those things into technical solutions is something. And that, that this is what nothing than innovation. Innovation is not a rocket science. Just like listening to your society. Okay, there is a way to solve this problem in a very friendly manner. Okay, let's do it. Let's adapt new technologies because they are much reliable, much faster. Let's have those kind of innovation. So that's one thing. Second thing, which I was telling about, like growth, uh, and uh, for the growth, uh, these four things are very important. First one is the product, which I already talked about it. Second is uh, business uh, development, which is uh, really uh, like meaningful because why you are developing this business. Third is marketing, uh, and uh, that is also important because if you don't have marketing, if you don't have awareness, if you don't have like uh, any 
uh, what do you call acquisition in the new market, then again, you can't get a growth. And fourth is uh, like a smart thing, which I think like most of you, you have been following it is called analytics. Like you need to come up with your kind of like a North Star KPI and you need to track it time to time um, uh, where we are. Should we do something change or maybe this product is not fit for this market? Let's let's get back to the product, do more innovation as per the market and again, roll it out. So these four things are really correlated. And if you follow this, all these four things, and then um, obviously you can get a multifold growth uh, in any of the market. So, yeah. And uh, we have been uh, using these things um, in uh, our products. And that's the reason like we have seen a multifold growth uh, in uh, some of the markets, like where we had just like a thousand users. And today we do have more than 30 million users. So it has been uh, really good. And uh, uh, for like, uh, if you compare a uh, techie company with the uh, non-techie company, so non-techie company also, they do marketing, but uh, they don't go for the smart growth. Like say, don't they don't use analytics. They don't use uh, acquisition channels. They don't use uh, any kind of like, uh, uh, what do you call, uh, 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 like uh, awareness. Uh, they just use uh, uh, simple traditional marketing, which is not really helpful. So uh, I would like to like uh, understand and I would like to discuss this growth models with uh, uh, others companies, like how it is working for them. Maybe some of the things are quite common and uh, it's a good opportunity to talk about those stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, just jump in straight away. Yeah, yeah, uh, I, uh, I like that uh, question. I have. Um... I can't have a long history from the from the telecommunication side. So I, 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 I'm well uh, familiar with the challenges within the telecommunication, and uh, so then I think so. So then what I was thinking of is that's the, what you call the growth machine. I think that's that's pretty interesting. And, and now um, within the communication space, I think we're talking more more uh, more now about the the iterative innovation. You have a product that's a communication product, and you you improve it by by adding other stuff like. Um, like they like caller ID or smart dial or existence and stuff like that, and um, uh, and then there's the other part is disruptive, and that's maybe more like if you move from, for example, analog telephony to IP, or maybe if you move uh, like well, or in the communication space, it could be uh, the metaverse. You you start to move through caller into the metaverse and have meetings in VR. That that then would be uh, disruptive. So that's a, that's of course something that needs to be looked into if you work within communication and just be aware of what's happening. But that's a little bit more in the future. So maybe it's not. If you look at, for example, launching in uh, in Ghana, <laughs> maybe then it should be first to to go uh, for 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 an, an iterative improvement of the existing product. And and there, I think when it comes to the growth machine, we we probably work a little bit like you also uh, described. It would be first that you have. Um, but I think it's important to have a structured process to do it. So you don't have people just um, uh, sitting and thinking about it within their own um, normal work. Like you have product, uh, um, product, and you have the growth hackers, and you have the marketing, and you have the analytics department, and they they look at at uh, at it from their own perspective. So I think that like you gather ideas. You can gather ideas. Like innovation can happen anywhere in the organization. So you gather the ideas. Uh, do inside do your insight work in parallel and then when you have enough ideas that seem to be like pointing in the same direction uh, then then you you might uh, do a business hypothesis on, uh, on on a certain area and see if it's an opportunity and do a pilot on like a powerpoint for example and just try it out with a user group 
to see if that's if, if it works. And then uh, if it does, then um, you create an MVP and commercialize it. Uh, and that I think it's a if you call it a, I like the term growth machine. Actually, I think it's a good <laughs> good term. Uh, and that's so. And then there is a, a lot of uh, things around that, of course. You know that you need to be uh, that needs to be in place. And then, if also, I mean, then I, uh, I think uh, if you, and another thing is like if you see, this is more like the process part. And then I think there are also the two things that needs to be in place to grease the growth machine, and that's the innovation culture, and then priorities and resource commitment of the existing organization. Because with innovation culture, it's like the the um, it's probably I mean, your our organizations they're big enough to to have a, a, a processes that are optimized for delivering the core product. But if you want, if you innovate and want to deliver something new, then you probably at some point also introduced like a new business model and then it becomes uh, difficult. So, the, so, the, so there need to be uh, a culture in the company of uh, adopting innovations. And then also the, the, the last part here with the priorities and resource commitment, it's uh, that, uh, the, since the processes are optimized for for delivering the core product, then you you if you come in with a new iterative innovation of the product, then for for the core organization to be able to prioritize your new innovation, then you, then it's um it's much easier if you can show some sort of low hanging fruit <laughs> that you can give back to to the organization in the short term, so they get some short term wins uh, to be able to put in the resources. Um, and that I think because otherwise, um, otherwise it will just continue to do uh, more of the same. Yeah. I want to step away actually from some of the things that you can do in engineering or in product. I'm really curious how you could use partnerships and complementary services to get a growth machine that is both beneficial for you and the partners that you partner with. For me, it's really interesting because the True Color operates predominantly in what is horrifically called the emerging markets. And we need, honestly, we need a significantly better name. So I apologize for the English naming convention. But could you partner with Mpasa in Kenya? That's a win. It's a win for them, it's a win for you. Everyone has Mpasa in Kenya, just like everyone has Swish here. Could you partner with some, and again, these are innovation companies in their own right. Mpasa is mobile payments before the rest of the Western world even thought about mobile payments. And it's ubiquitous. So what is really interesting to me about True Color is that it's a service that sits on your phone and really interacts with other services on your phone. So could you get that flywheel, that growth machine effect if you went out and found other innovative companies that had these complementary services where you could hook in together and you became a symbiotic sort of relationship that fed off of each other? feeding off each other sounds really negative. I don't mean it that way. I mean it in a positive way. Think buffet style. Um, and I think that could be quite interesting because again, with a service provision company, and that's what you are, you provide a service, right? True Color is an app that provides a really basic service about you know, getting rid of prank calls, understanding who's calling you. This is great. We're constantly adding numbers. We're constantly sharing numbers. And this is really lovely. So what other kinds of services could you plug into that already exist on our mobile devices that would let you get that symbiotic relationship going? Because I think that could open up whole new channels of growth and customer segments that you may not have originally thought of attracting and would actually require very little work from engineering. 
no no the, uh, yeah this is something which which uh, we have been doing already and uh, this is the reason like uh, today where we are uh, like uh, and last year we got listed uh, in uh, stockholm nasdaq so you are right like for growth uh, partnership is uh, is uh, one of the key uh, because uh, we can't build everything on our own and uh, that's the reason uh, swish is also one of our partner like if you open our app in a, in a student you'll see uh, there is a like a, a small thing on detail screen where it offers to um, transfer a payment using a swish and uh, it's quite seamless uh, yeah mm -hmm. So you are right, like uh, uh, partnerships uh, with the telcos, with OEMs, or with the, like uh, Ampesa, or like any finance or payment company or fintech company is is something which we are winning, and uh, we are exploring and we are like uh, uh, capturing our new markets uh, uh, by leveraging our partners, and uh, this is something like. Uh, uh, I think like it's eligible for all the companies uh, because. Uh, all the big giants uh, today, whatever they are, they are not just not because of them. They are because of some partners we know and some of the background partners, which even we Absolutely, don't know. That we don't know exactly. I was even thinking things like delivery services, um, location services, and those are again becoming ubiquitous as we get more and more stuff delivered at home. Like Mothem just delivered, I couldn't answer the door, but I got a ping from the driver saying, your, your food's here. Now he's got my number, I've got his number. So again, does he want my number? <laughs> I don't you know. Do you know what I mean? Um, but that kind of ubiquity is really, really interesting. And exactly. I think would be a really interesting growth driver for True Caller, given the nature of your business. Exactly, and, and we call it uh, awareness channel. So within awareness, we use uh, uh, seven, eight things. So partnership is one of the things which we discussed. And apart from that, we do have PR, like say, obviously, like mm -hmm. when you are using something, you need to commence into the world. You need to let everyone uh, know about the PR. And it's also helpful for like, uh, uh, you know, uh, what are the new stuff uh, happening in the world? And social media is something which is really important these days because uh, and you have to use all the channels. Uh, it could be Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or, and, or, or maybe some reason specific uh, social media. So that is also like part of uh, awareness. And uh, uh, another thing is uh, ACO and ASO, ASO. Like uh, your solutions should be quite uh, search friendly because maybe I don't know to call in some of the countries, but when I search on a Google, it really pops up on like a top listing. So SEO and ASO is something which which we sh should never forget because it will also help to drive more uh, audience to your platform. And uh, another thing which we do is uh, uh, like app store promotions uh, uh, because Google and Apple, they are our partners. So uh, we, we need to run our app promotions time to time because uh, uh, this from there also you do get a good growth uh, you know mm -hmm. like when you search something and uh, it, it's by pops up by apple or by google this is the topmost app uh, mm -hmm. running in this market so that is really good and another thing which is uh, uh, i'm not sure whether you will be agree with that or not but i do think personally is a paid paid uh, marketing mm -hmm. uh, and that should be done only when uh, like uh, you do have very stiff competition from uh, your rivals and it's very strategic to win that one market. Mm. So I think there is no harm to uh, go for uh, uh, paid marketing or uh, paid growth initially, like temporarily. I, I'm not saying like- You're talking like, to a woman who works in InsurTech. We do a lot of marketing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's the thing. So 
uh, and and that then i think like you do agree with this uh, sometimes it really works and uh, i seen i i have i have read uh, some uh, like uh, case studies of uber uh, like uh, mm. how they ventured into the market and how they set up their like uh, brand name uh, um, when they had a very st- uh, stiff competition from other drivers so paid marketing worked for them and uh, the last thing last thing is the crm uh, use mm. your channels uh, uh, proactively use notifications and don't just like go for the flat things go for the smart and contextual things like say right now as you uh, like you just uh, spawn one example uh, you got a delivery from a matham and you don't want to save that that guy number in your phone book so and but you are getting a call just use true caller and you are happy okay this is a delivery from matham i need to accept this calls so mm-hmm. these kind of things like uh, use the crm channels and uh, mm-hmm. show some kind of like a promotion outside the app yeah. so these are the things uh, i think helping us for the awareness cool i also was wondering as i was listening to both of you talk there is there's been so many product successes where they did something that was a really small innovation or a small tweak or a complimentary service that made the thing explode um chat apps like everything from wechat to slack etc giphy and slack everyone loves slack because of giphy let's be honest or the emojis and stickers in wechat i mean wechat took over asia because of stickers like to me that this is like this tiny innovation and then it explodes and everyone wants oh but i love that sticker that so and so sent in the so they download wechat i do find I I sometimes feel like we miss these small opportunities because we're looking for the big innovation or the big thing we can do. There was this little thing. It's a Giphy. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, everyone on Slack is using Giphys. I've been using them all day. Um and yet it keeps you loyal, it keeps you happy, it, you know, you share it with others. It it's just really interesting to me that sometimes it's a really small thing that can have that explosive growth effect. yeah and uh, i think like uh, uh, sometimes you do call it uh, low hanging fruits and, uh, uh, and and but actually uh, they play quite long uh, you are right so some of the smaller things uh, which we just like uh, ignoring them and sometimes like when we work on it and because we don't know the market how the market will be reacting when you really roll out those things so you are right like uh, smaller things it really matters and sometimes like uh, we should give priority to those stuff as well as yeah, yeah that's that, Yeah. That, that's also why I think that it's so important to have this uh, uh, this this proto- process of the growth machine that you can try out these things because if you do that in a structured way you can do it very fast. So so it's not about uh, or maybe it's not like you know it's, it's not about fail fast. If you if you if you launch a lot of things it's it's about to fail smarter. You fail better. <laughs> so so you you reduce the the cost of failing. So you can try out a lot of stuff and then all of a sudden. you realize that uh, people actually love gifis and and who who would have thought that but then you just you just continue to to push stuff out there so yeah fail better that's <laughs> yeah and uh, another thing which i i i also think that, that is very important like uh, delivering your core values i, I think um, uh, this was discussed and uh, um, uh, david has also mentioned it like uh, we we come up with a, a big ideas big product ideas but we are quite delayed while uh, delivering the core values so we should deliver core values the core uh, uh, properties as soon as possible whenever someone is trying out our product yeah so that is also very important yeah, yeah. 
All right. Okay. Cool. Are, are you happy with everyone's answers here? Yeah. Uh, exactly. Like uh, it's uh, really insightful. <laughs> Okay, fantastic. I'd love to hear, love to hear. All right, let's move on. And um, last but not least, um, Lydia, um, you came to me talking about innovation, how it delivers value to customers and to the company. Can you just delve into a, bit, a little bit more detail about what you mean and explain to the, the rest of the group? Thank you. Sure. So I'm really curious. Again, we do user research. That's part of being a tech company. We do market research. My curiosity comes from how do we bring in our partners from the business, whether it's the marketing team, the sales team, the uh, commercial team, doesn't matter. We have these business partners around the organization that don't fit into the product engineering design research little quadrant. How do we bring them in to be more active in that innovation process? Because we want the value that product and technology bring is that we create technological products that sell and <laughs> make the company profit, but also make our customers really happy and they want to be using them and paying for them. And I feel as we've gotten more and more technology focused in the world, we've forgotten that we have these amazing partners in the commercial team, in the marketing team, in the sales team, in the business teams around our offices. We've touched on some of them already, but I'm really curious to hear how you're tackling this I love this idea that your hack days, Grove, are, are not just for, for us geeks, they're for everyone. Um, but I'd really love to hear other ideas because I really struggle with making sure that all of my teams engage with their stakeholders and their business partners in a way that allows those people to share in the vision and the mission and the objectives and key results that are built for every quarter. Yeah, so I can go ahead. Like, uh, so yeah, uh, so market research is something like uh, which uh, you spotted, and that's really important. And uh, uh, I think, uh, especially for the new markets, uh, you have to do uh, good market research before venturing into that market. But here also, like, uh, story does not end because apart from that, uh, there are a lot of things which you have to do. So. Obviously, uh, like once after you, you did some research and you have come up with some ideas, okay, this is our strategy. We're gonna uh, deliver uh, some solutions in the market. But uh, after that, I think uh, you should also check with all the stakeholders. Uh, so, so here, growth starts. Like uh, for for an engineer, you if you are if you check with him, hey, are you done with your job? He'll say, yeah, I'm done. I just delivered the code. But here does not story ends because here actually story starts for a product manager. So now we are responsible for the for the growth. We are responsible for the adoption of that feature in the market. We are also responsible for the like uh, good discovery of that feature in the market. So for that, uh, uh, there are a couple of stakeholders where you have to be engaged with all the time. So it could be your uh, customers, it could be your partners, or uh, it could be like, uh, uh, I'll, uh, I'll say uh, your rivals as well as, because sometimes it happens like uh, when you release something and uh, maybe you have not crafted that feature uh, in a smarter way, but next day your rival, they come up with a more competitive and more smarter way. Then also like you need to keep eye on those uh, <laughs> users as well as. So uh, that is something I sh I think you should try on. And uh, apart from that, like uh, uh, obviously like you should have some kind of like metric. You need to come up with a kind of like uh, KPI. What is the main KPI for me? Like say for pets, uh, uh, I don't know. 
maybe uh, like say uh, we are offering some solution for the pets and uh, how many pets are using this solution so pet owners are using this solution that is my kpi then you can break down those kpis into different different sub kpis first one is uh, like uh, uh, maybe you do track that kpi on uh, like uh, daily uh, every day or maybe on monthly or weekly secondly is a kind of like engagement uh, how frequently our users are using it maybe some pet no pet owners they just use it for uh, one day and then they come after like uh, two months so retention is something which is really important and third is uh, maybe you you want to generate some revenue out of it because we are not doing everything for for the, for the free so how to generate some revenues maybe we can show some ads there or maybe we can come up with a kind of like a subscription program where uh, uh, like uh, our users will be subscribing for some premium services and we are offering some premium features so uh, there also like it will help you to track your metrics more tactfully and in the end you can come up with a kind of like obviously you you have to fluctuate uh, these parameters in your growth machine and after some times where you see a good fitment in the market when your curve has been uh, flattened out then i think like that's the kind of a growth then you have to cons consistently work on uh, that growth and i think the product will be success in the market that's my i mean my theory and uh, like uh, my experience so far thanks yeah. bro yeah i mean <clears throat> very good uh, good description i think uh, uh, well maybe not much to add but i have i have some uh, things <laughs> that i could add to that and uh, i think it's um, uh, that's also because, like you said, uh, Lydia, it's, it's a good point that uh, innovation usually happens like in the intersection between different disciplines. So, so what what uh, what we really need to do is to encourage uh, knowledge sharing throughout the company and th between the different disciplines, and also um, to encourage um, that uh, that you can form um, uh, new relationships as you can form if you. Um, uh, if you find an area that needs to be uh, improved and innovated within, then you can do like rapidly form a new relationship and form and form a group to to uh, address that particular problem and innovate within that area. And and that I think is is uh, really a correct characteristic of an innovative um, organization that that you that you can do that. So you don't just uh, uh, work with with your normal job, so that the marketing markets and uh, engineering develops and so on but but that we actually can um, can form new groups around a particular problem and um i think the uh, what i've also experienced is that it's pretty easy for for example uh, engineers to uh, is to talk with when they want to think about uh, or to know what, what a customer thinks then they ask sales because it's much easier to ask sales than to go out and, and uh, and and ask customers themselves and also it would maybe maybe it's, it need also to maybe it's not good if if everybody calls the customers and just asks a lot of uh, things unstructured but uh, but it it's it still needs to be lifted so so you don't get sales as a proxy so that you get more and that that i think also can can increase the the knowledge about how the product is actually used and uh, one way that that we have been we have been working with this um, uh, in the past that's been pretty successful is uh, what we call co-creation labs, uh, and that could be um, where we. Well, the original idea was was actually to bring in partners, so that we we do co-creation together with a partner, get customers in there as well, in, interview them, and then we see, uh, for example, if we do, we might have done it with Ericsson as a so they supply maybe the the hardware and we do the the application development, and then we then we do co-creation uh, together with with the. With a partner that does dif the, the different things within the ecosystem, 
that's also um, I would say a good way to prevent prevent groupthink and uh, uh, and come up with new things. Okay, awesome, Lydia. Are you happy with them sort of responses? Yeah, I do feel like we covered a lot of these areas. We had a bit of a Venn diagram of a conversation because we've touched on a lot of things throughout our questions. Okay, we've still got a little bit of time left. Do you want to go into any more detail about the things we've spoke about, or are you quite happy? I feel like we've had a really nice conversation. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. Okay. Yeah, like us. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Well, we'll leave it there, folks. And this has been the Evolution Exchange podcast. I want to take this opportunity to thank both Lydia, David, and Grav for joining and providing their insights over having an innovative culture and bringing product growth. And if you'd like to get enjoy enjoy one of our podcasts, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'll see you next time. Thank you very much.